Good morning. Uh, I had something in mind a couple of weeks ago uh, for today and it was only just uh, about 10, 11 days ago the other week when um, I was with, we were with Ava and Mackenzie doing our, the Bible story um, and we're using this storybook and it came across this story of Joshua and Israelites at Jericho and oh, it just hit me between the eyes of how you know, such a well-known story like Lee said but just how awesome God is how powerful God is and how dependent we are upon him um, or should be. And uh, I think we're away for Paul's message um, on Hebrews 11 but I'm sure that um, he had six points, I've got five. You might be happy about that, I'm not sure. Um, But I'm sure as we open God's word he is able to give us something fresh and new that will challenge us and teach us. So this morning I want to look at five attributes of faith. Uh, These are attributes that are evident in the story of Joshua and the Israelites at Jericho and as I said they're just as relevant uh, for us today here in Monty 2016. Uh, The first one is that faith has a promise. Uh, you buy an aeroplane ticket to the Gold Coast, uh, they make a promise to you, even those $20 flights. The promise is that they'll get you to Coolangatta Airport and so you take a step of faith onto that aeroplane believing that that's what they're going to do for you. Uh, of course there's differing amounts of faith once you actually get on there, some are holding a sick bag and some are holding tight onto the seat with their eyes closed asking if we're there yet. Some are enjoying the view, of course. But all are on board with a faith in the aeroplane, faith in the promise that is given to them. And there is a promise that gives us a reason to place faith in something or someone. Recently we went on a hot air balloon ride Part of the experience, they said, I think they're just saving on wages, but part of the experience is you've got to set this thing up with the pilot. Um, uh, and there's about 10 of us, I think there was, plus the pilot and this thing's on its side, this basket, and they blow in the hot air into it to get it started. I sort of went around to have a look at the bottom of it, expecting perhaps a concrete slab or something that would, you know, we're all standing on top of it and it probably would be too heavy, it would, um, wouldn't get off the ground, but... As I looked around, it's just like this woven like straw or something. I don't know what it is, but gee, I, was, I was really scratching my head. I thought, this is going to carry, not just my way, but there's 10 of us, like 11 of us with the pilot. and um, Just had enough faith just to get in, actually. Uh, might enjoy it more the second time round. But of all the promises in God's word, I think last time I spoke, I shared that conservatively there's over 3,000. Of all the promises in God's word, no, there is no more important promise that if we believe by faith in Jesus Christ, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, that we are saved. And even though we deserve death, God promises life. And even though we deserve hell, God promises 
eternity in heaven in his presence. Without this truth, without the promises, there is no reason for faith. Think about that. Without the truth, without promises, what's the point of faith? But this morning we do have a promise. We do have a truth. We do have a reason and we have a hope and they are ours. They are ours by faith. Joshua received a promise from the Lord in verse 3 to 5. It says, you and your fighting men, this is the Lord speaking, you and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. God's promise to Joshua was that this is going to be an a no contest battle. That this thing is already over before it begins. There's no maybes about how this is going to happen. It wasn't going to be the usual battle, the usual war. God made a promise and Joshua and the Israelites, they had a reason a reason to believe, a reason to have faith in God. And the second attribute of faith that we want to look at this morning is that faith means to believe. Faith means to believe. If you go back to Numbers 13, uh, Moses was the leader of the Israelites. And they'd come to Canaan where Joshua is now with the people. And this is 40 years earlier. And he had sent out the 12. You you probably know the story quite well, including in those with Joshua and Caleb. And he sent out the 12 to look at the land. For 40 days they went around Canaan and they looked at it and they came back with a report. The land is fantastic. It is beautiful. It's where we need to be. It's where we want to be but there's big problems. The people are huge. Their cities are fortresses. They're huge. It's mission impossible, they said. It's better that we go back into the desert and die. It's better that we'd be in captivity in Egypt than die. And Joshua and Caleb had a different report they said if it's God's plan, if it's God's will, this is where we need this is what we need to do. We need to go and conquer. We can get this land. Faith means to believe. Believe in the promise. Those people of Israelites wanted to kill Joshua and Caleb because they believed in the promises of God. What Joshua and Caleb were saying didn't really make sense. It wasn't logical to the others. 
What was the point of their faith if it was just words? If they weren't prepared to believe in what God had promised them? And so God banished them from the promised land for every day, one year in the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness and none of those people would see the promised land. It was for the next generation that Joshua would lead them into it. Do you believe in the promises of God? That's a pretty basic question. You can sit there and say, yeah, of course. That's why I'm a Christian. That's why I'm here at church. By believing, I mean, is it affecting your life? Is it affecting and impacting the way that you make decisions and the way that you behave and the way that you live? Is God at work in your life? Is he moulding your heart to be like him? Is he changing you day by day? Do you notice anything different from this time last month, last year? Do you really believe that he is ultimately in control of all things, of all circumstances, of all times? That there is no circumstance he doesn't know about in your life? There is no circumstance to come that he doesn't already know about? Do you believe in the promise God will never leave you, that you will never be alone as you go through this life? that he is preparing a place for you for eternity in his presence. Do you believe these things by faith? Joshua did. When God gave him this promise, Joshua didn't give a better suggestion He didn't think twice. He didn't answer back to God but he listened to the promise and he believed and he was obedient and we see that the third attribute of faith, faith leads to obedience. Joshua didn't pick and choose the sort of things that God had asked him to do, the plan. He didn't say, well, let's just skip those first six days where we just go around once. There doesn't really seem to be much point in that. Like, I don't really understand what we're going to get out of that. What about we just go straight to day seven? That bit where we go around seven times and, you know, we go literally loud and the walls come down. You know, what's the point of the first six days? No, no, Joshua was obedient. Joshua's faith in God's plan in his promise led to his obedience to the plan. You see, faith is a a verb. Faith, um, it's it's an action word, it's a doing word. Uh, Charles Price often, often spoke about faith and said that faith is a lot like love. He said that love, you can't just be in love. Love has to have an object. Love is a doing word. So it is with faith. Faith 
has to have an object. And with that object, faith requires action. Otherwise, what's the point of faith? James 2.14 says, What good is it to say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Faith is useless if it's just words. If I just spoke about the faith I have to go in a hot air balloon but actually never did it, I'd just be talking about it for the rest of my life. wouldn't mean anything. If I say I have faith in God, that he's living in me, then there must be evidence of that faith. Otherwise, what's the point? Jesus said your love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not that your love for each other will make you a disciple but it is evidence of a faith decision to follow Jesus Christ. Not that good works will get you eternal life in heaven but good works are evidence of a faith decision you've made to follow Jesus Christ. And Jesus says in Matthew 5, not only is that good works evidence but it is your life testimony to others that they would see good works in you and glorify God. The people would see good works in you and glorify God and come to know God and place their faith in God and that God would do a work in their life and there would be good works evident in their life because of their faith and those good works would be telling other people about God. It would bring other people to God and they would place their faith in God and God would change their life and good works would then be evident in their life. And you see that when we are obedient to the plan Our lives are not only evidence of our faith but are a testimony of how God wants to use us to bring others by faith to salvation. As you sit here this morning and as I stand here you say I have faith. I say I have faith. But has it led to obedience? Obedience to God's plan in your life. Obedience to forgive when it just seems too hard to. To love the unlovable. Obedience to be gracious and merciful when it's much fairer and it seems much more right to get one back on someone. Joshua's faith in God was definitely genuine 
Joshua's faith was evident. Evident by his obedience to the plan God had in place. Fourthly, I want to look at faith has its challenges. Jericho was one of the oldest cities. It was one of the most protected cities. Its walls were 12 to 14 metres high. Four to five storeys, I think that is. 12 to 14 metres high and and they were about two metres thick, these walls. And then once you had those walls, you also had this passageway and then there was another wall. It was a pretty safe sort of city. It says at the beginning there that chapter they sort of locked in. They went into lockdown mode. Being inside there you would have felt pretty safe with the way the city was. These walls were also um, speaks about that they're on a, an upslope. Sort of pretty hard for an army to sort of charge at these walls and bring them down. You'd have to go up this sort of slope to even start to get at the wall. What a challenge. The Israelites weren't particularly blessed with the latest military weapons after coming out of captivity. They might have had a few swords and spears and as the story said, a few shields. You wouldn't imagine it would be enough to get through the walls of Jericho. But it's not even just the military resources that they're lacking that's challenging them. It's this plan that God has in mind that God has put to them that probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not very logical. It's not really the norm of that day for a battle to wander around the city. Well, I don't think that's been done before. And so even God's instructions would seem to be a challenge for their faith. What are your challenges when it comes to your faith in God day by day? What are the things that are challenging you? I'm sure there are one or two that just come straight to your mind. You don't have to think about it. You know are a challenge. Is it time? God gets the leftovers because we're so busy. The same can be said about money. God gets the leftovers because there's so much pressure. Is it about sacrifice? God's just asking so much of me of where I am in my life to give up everything to follow him. Perhaps it's when you know what God's instruction is, you know what God's plan is, you know what he actually wants you to do. But that's so hard to do, it's so hard to follow. 
what God wants me to do doesn't make sense. It's not logical. That's not the norm. When I'm facing what I'm facing, that's not how society deals with it. I'd be seen as weird. Hmm. What happens next? What happens next? Follow God's ways or do what makes sense in your mind? Do what perhaps is acceptable in this society? What is logical? And lastly, I want to consider faith will lead to victory. The people of Israel, led by Joshua, were obedient. They were wholeheartedly obedient and wholeheartedly placed their faith in the plans of God as they faced this challenge. And God delivered. They marched around as God had had told them to, blew the horn for six days, marched seven times around, blew the horns loudly, shouted and the fully secure, impenetrable safeguard which is the walls of Jericho came crumbling down. And this victory didn't happen because they stomped their feet harder that seventh day or because they shouted so loud. It didn't happen because of their horns were so much more powerful at that time. But only because they were obedient and victory was only going to be theirs by faith. Not in their strength, not in their power but in the power of God, believing that God is in control. And while God's plans and God's timing can sometimes seem strange and can sometimes seem a bit illogical and a bit hard to fathom, how is that actually going to work though? They are always perfect. So this morning as you consider your challenges what does victory look like for you maybe the wall is so big right now you don't know how it's going to come down. You don't know where this victory is going to come from. You don't know what it's going to look like. Perhaps you know the plan. You know what God is requiring of you. But it just seems too hard. Too hard to follow. I I don't know your challenges and I don't know your walls but I know that God 
who spoke this universe into existence and who breathed life, human life into existence and who's parted waters for the nation of Israel to walk through, who brought down the walls of Jericho he, and this God who closed mouths of lions to save Daniel who is in control of all things at all times. This God of Joshua is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's the same God who we come and worship and who's in our midst in 2016 at Monty. The same all-powerful, all-knowing God. And there is no challenge big enough that he can't handle. There is no challenge too hard that our God can't carry us through, can't help us through and can't lead us to victory. Just before we pray, would you take a moment to close your eyes and spend with him in prayer and if you are facing that challenge, that wall and wondering where victory is going to come from, Will you commit it to him? Knowing that there is only one place you will find victory for this life and that is faith in Jesus Christ. Lord and God, we are saved by faith. And you've called us to live by faith. Faith in your word, in your promises and your plan. As we go from this place, would we be mindful of that? To be obedient in order that others would be attracted to what they see in us, which is your glory, your character. May we impact the communities around us impact our families, our workplaces, our schools because of the work you're doing in us, a work that is done by faith. We pray in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.